Episode 46. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hamrity. Claudius has just outlined his reasons for having summoned Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to court. They've known Hamlet a long time, they've by now heard that he hasn't really been himself recently, and so perhaps they might be able to cheer him up a bit. Gertrude speaks next and continues the point. Good gentlemen, he hath much talked of you, and sure I am two men there are not living to whom he more adheres. If it will please you to show us so much gentry and good will as to expend your time with us a while for the supply and profit of our hope, your visitation shall receive such thanks as fits a king's remembrance. We haven't really been told where Rosencrantz and Guildenstern have come from. Are they fellow students at Wittenberg? Much later in the play, Hamlet calls them his schoolfellows, but whether that's Wittenberg or even just the equivalent of grammar school in Elsinore is anyone's guess. If they haven't come from Wittenberg, have they been elsewhere? Why haven't they been at court? If they are such close friends of Hamlet's, surely they would have shown up for his father's funeral. Shakespeare doesn't seem especially troubled by this. Certainly, it's been necessary to show Hamlet's great feeling of isolation in this new regime. Now, his stepfather-slash-uncle has brought his friends to him. But are they close friends at all? Personally, I'm not convinced. The whole setup seems a bit suspicious. No matter the protocol, if you are visiting your close friend, the prince, shouldn't he be there for this reunion, as opposed to this seeming job interview wherein they are receiving instructions? Gertrude's insistence that Hamlet has no closer friends would all be very well if we hadn't already met one. Horatio has actually shown up for his friend, and is privy to his secrets and his plans. As we will see throughout the play, it's Horatio in whom Hamlet confides. Certainly it's not Guildenstern or Rosencrantz. Has Hamlet even spoken of them as the Queen insists? If Rosencrantz and Guildenstern grew up at court, as their names at least might suggest, perhaps their families were on close terms with the Queen and the two brothers who she has married. I get the awkward sense from Gertrude's assertion of a mother insisting that her child should be friends with her friend's children. That's all very well when the children are small, but it shows a distinct lack of connection with Hamlet's present reality to assume that these two are still his closest friends. Gertrude repeats Claudius' request that the two young men stay at court for some time. If it will please you to show us so much gentry and goodwill as to expend your time with us a while for the supply and profit of our hope. She hopes their presence, goodwill and good upbringing will get what she and Claudius want, unless there be any doubt they aren't asking this of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern as a favour. She sweetens the deal and makes it very clear that this is a transaction. It's a job. Your visitation shall receive such thanks as fits a king's remembrance. In other words, boys, get us the information we want and you'll be handsomely rewarded. Naturally, the two respond with very polite and clear agreement. Rosencrantz speaks first. Both your majesties might, by the sovereign power you have of us, 
put your dread pleasures more into command than to entreaty. This is flattery 101. Rosencrantz acknowledges that the king and queen could easily tell them what to do, but instead they have couched the command in terms of a request for a favour. Dread pleasures is quite a fun play on the frequent Shakespearean way of addressing a ruler as dread lord, or indeed dread queen. If I thought Rosencrantz was smart enough to intuit the various things rotten in the state of Denmark, this might be very interesting. But I don't think that there's that much there. Guildenstern pipes in too, finishing his pal's line before he loses the run of himself. But we both obey, and here give up ourselves in the full bent to lay our service freely at your feet, to be commanded. This is even more sycophantic. They lay their services at the feet of the king and queen to be commanded. Everyone is in tacit agreement that this is how the game is played. Do the job as requested, get what we need, and we will pay you generously. Having had just enough flattery for now, Claudius wraps it up. Thanks, Rosencrantz and gentle Guildenstern. Gertrude follows immediately, saying, Thanks, Guildenstern and gentle Rosencrantz. This could be a kindly move from Her Majesty, trying to make sure that both young men get equal billing, but there's room here for what has become a very long-running joke, that the two are constantly confused for each other. If so, Gertrude is presumably getting it right, correcting Claudius's little mistake. As the more experienced ruler, she smooths over the gaff and delegates attendants to go with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and find Hamlet. And I beseech you instantly to visit my too-much-changed son. Go, some of you, and bring these gentlemen where Hamlet is. Guildenstern has a few final words of polite assent to their dread majesties. Heaven make our presence and our practices pleasant and helpful to him. He prays that their presence and practices will be pleasant and helpful for Hamlet. Whatever about their presence, their practices are interesting. Does he mean activities or machinations? Shakespeare is so good at weaving little bits of potential malice through even a simple interaction like this. Of course, nothing is simple. That's perhaps the point. Gertrude is eager for them to get on their way, and she finishes his line with a brisk, I, amen. The two young men are escorted off by however many attendants the production can afford, and the court's daily business continues. Next up, we have news from abroad. Our two favourite ambassadors are back, with news of the continuing diplomatic situation developing between Denmark and Norway. They'll have to wait, however, until the next episode. I hope you'll join me then.